Living a well-balanced lifestyle goes beyond ensuring your finances are in order. Welcome to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with Barbara Archer from Hightower. Barbara speaks with wellness industry leaders and related professionals to share more than financial planning advice. She addresses your questions about living a healthy lifestyle at any age. Learn how to gracefully maneuver life's challenges with support and resources to guide you along the way. Barbara and the team at Hightower help you make a plan, make an investment, and make a difference in your own wealth and well-being, and in your families, and within your community. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with Barbara Archer, sponsored by Hightower. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with your host, Barbara Archer from Hightower. Barbara, how are you? I am terrific, Eric. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. I got to meet the guest just briefly before we started, but I have no idea what you're talking about. What, why'd you bring her on today? Well, today, since we're approaching the holidays, we're going mm. to have a discussion on reducing holiday drama so we can increase our joy. Oh, man. That, <laughs> I'm taking notes on this one. <laughs> I'm just gonna... Well, I would ask you, Eric, with the holidays approaching, do you have friends or family that express some anxiousness? during this time of year or perhaps act out a little? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've got the grandkids that act out a little and then I've got the adults that act out a little and I got the older adults that act out a little. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, sometimes I feel like a referee and sometimes I just want to drive away with my wife and the little ones and do our own thing. Well, I understand. And that's <laughs> why we have Jane Mintz on today. So we're going to really address some of those questions you and I've even talked about when you're worried about friends or family mm -hmm. relationships and obviously the potential drama, or maybe you're concerned about an uncle or sister or even your own overeating, over drinking, over sharing. Mm. You've probably heard such stories, do you think? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> well, off we go then. So right. how do we minimize this holiday drama and bring more joy to the holidays? Might this be an opportunity to find a way to help someone you love with an addiction issue? I certainly can't answer this, but our guest today, Jane Mintz, is the professional who can help us address these questions. Jane Mintz, M-A-L-P-C, is the CEO and Chief Clinical Strategist of her international consultancy firm, Real Life Intervention Solutions, LLC, offering strategic direction for addiction mental health, and life concerns. A veteran treatment provider and thought leader in the addiction and behavioral health industries, Jane authored The Field Model of Intervention. This is the first ever clinical model of intervention now used by practitioners and organizations across the United States and the United Kingdom. Best known for her work as a concierge strategist guiding clinically complex individuals and their families through crisis, she is also a noted industry consultant, educator, and speaker who has garnered international recognition. Jane is a licensed professional counselor and holds degrees from Washington University of St. Louis and John Carroll University. Jane, welcome and thank you for joining us today to help us prepare for a more pleasant holiday season. Good morning, Barbara, and I'm thrilled to be here with you. Well, we are delighted to have you with us because, Jane, I understand that it's your own experience with addiction and recovery that grounds your work. Are you willing to share this journey with us? Oh, absolutely. I think that most people that have survived 
are willing to share their experience and strength and hope with others. I have been sober 22, almost 23 years. Wow. Congratulations and on thank that. You, thank you so much. And my life was complex back in the, the early 2000s. And I really struggled with alcohol and cocaine. And I was a single mom of three three kids, very responsible, was in the LPGA, had a big teaching practice. And life just rolled over me, as I think it, it does to many people. You mm -hmm. you come to a critical point where, wow, things are really complicated. And I decided to get treatment. And what I was able to do with that newfound freedom and information was to build the life of my dreams. And because I don't drink or drug anymore, thank goodness, I'm able to do a billion things. And all the while I know that there are just a few things that I can't do, and I'm okay with that. So do you think being in the LPGA had any influence with the pressure and stress that you experienced as a golfer? I did experience stress, but I think that the stress was more interpersonal. And I think I had a lot of balls in the air, newly divorced, three little kids. It was really uh, a very complex and heavy time in my life. What turned out to be pretty excessive social drinking took a very hard turn, as does drinking. It goes from problematic drinking to a disease. And I knew I couldn't leave my children motherless. I, I knew I couldn't destroy them. And so I took some good advice and I got myself into care. And from there, I cannot begin to tell you the freedom that I've experienced, the joy, the ability to be present, and most of all, the ability to help other sick and suffering individuals with just the same issues. Wow. And it's just a blessing in my life that I came into that crossroads and, you know, as we say, made lemonade out of lemons. You certainly did. Yeah. I mean, taking the bull by the horns and dealing with it. I mean, that's amazing. You've made such a journey and I'm proud of you. Well, thank you. It's terrific. Thank you. And you know, what it's really done is it's created a different way of looking at the world. And it's really from much more of a spiritual point of view for me. It's not religious, but spiritual in that I really am able, because I'm clear-eyed and I'm grounded to see all the miracles that are in front of me every day, to be able to capitalize on opportunities with and for people and for myself, and to be really the best person I can be at any okay. given time recognizing that I'm human. Well, that's and good for all of us to hear. Isn't it? Isn't yes, it? And then it really when, is. When I am not, when I don't deliver what I intended to deliver and I've made a mistake, I'm able to wake up first thing next morning and say, what do I need to do to clean this up? So I don't have things sort of hanging over me anymore. I'm able to address life honestly and I'm a, a gal that is that's cut from a whole lot of straight talk. And I'm a straight talk kind of gal with other people. And I am with myself. I hold myself to account. Well, I like that good practical advice right off the bat, waking yeah. up the next morning. And how do you deal with it? Your children must be very fortunate to have you on their side. And they're certainly blessed to have you as their mother. Well, it's so mutual. But the reason I 
decided to get well was for them. Of that course. I didn't bring these children into the world to destroy them. And I am not the most important person in the world. And that's what I had to get right with, is that when you do become consumed with addiction or maladaptive behaviors, you become very narcissistic and self-centered. And I, I'm lucky that I don't have those real tendencies. I think I was tipping towards that, certainly through addiction. But when you get to the right size, you know, it life is manageable. And um, that, that humility has helped me, and not only with myself, my children, but with my clients and my, all of my relationships. Well, as we talk about families and relationships, you shared with me that there's not a normal family on the planet. I oh love that God. line. That's so true. <laughs> well, this certainly opens up the conversation to what we want to call the normal, or is it Norman Rockwell idea of family holidays? Yeah. The reality. More, let's call it more normative. Yes, normative. Right? Because okay. we have to create a big bandwidth for that. Because Absolutely. It well, is. There's that reality. Many people experience stress and drama during this time or the not so happy holidays. Do you see, first of all, an increase in anxiety or addiction issues over the holiday period? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And people approach the holidays with kind of normal excitement, but with a healthy dose of dread as well. Because the truth is, everybody has a, every family has a somebody. And every somebody has a something. Do you mm. know what I mean? It's, oh, it's that none of us are immune to people having normal life challenges. But when we invite them into a nuclear family, that's probably not the best idea. Well, let's talk about that for a moment, because as friends and family gather over the holidays and even as a hostess or as the mom or the wife or the friend, mm -hmm. we may know that there are some toxic behaviors that are inevitable. How do you insulate yourself from that drama and the anxiety that can occur? How do we help ourselves? Well, so what I'm going to say is going to sound so simple. It's about telling the truth and it's about setting boundaries. It really is that simple. I think the first thing that, that people have to do let's say the hosts of the holiday have to do is really decide, is this a battle worth waging? Because okay. typically if it's an annoyance, that's one thing. If it is toxic, that's a completely different thing. And many people have toxic family members and friends that have no compunctions about ruining anybody's holiday. And those people have to be dealt with frankly and kindly and with compassion, but with really strict boundaries. And I think a conversation, an open, as I said, straight talk conversation with people that have a history like this well before the event is an important thing to do. And, you know, we can go, we can talk about how to go about those conversations, but it has to be brought to the surface. The secrets can't lurk in the corners, in the dark corners, because they're coming out. Uh, so, so would you consider addressing this one-on-one -on -one with the potential guest before the event? Is there a time? I we totally 
Just take them to coffee and say, look, we've had some uncomfortable situations for these reasons. And Mm -hmm. maybe you can give us some words. How do we kindly, you know, we don't want to come off, obviously, as threatening, judgmental. We don't want to elevate the emotions, but we want to address the emotions. Right. And there's the first open manhole right there, is that if we try to frame our our delivery around other people's reactions, it's never going to work. The, so the just get ready. For I, it. Yeah, kind of, because okay. people have to own their own conduct, their own behavior. And if they're not able to hear what you're saying from the goodness of your heart and for concern for the entire family system, they're going to have their own reaction. Let them have it, but not at the event. So you might have to rip off the Band-Aid and say, Bob, listen, we love you. We care about you, but we're not willing to have another family catastrophe like we've had for the last six or 10 years, whatever it is. And there's typically one or two people that will not take responsibility for their own behavior. Or if there are people in your family system that are constantly at war with one another, you need to set a boundary for those people to work their stuff out once and for all before they come or to please opt out. Now, here's where you get into families saying, boy, that sounds great on paper. But what about this, that, and the other thing? Well, that's why I think it's really important for people to, you know, take stock of what's important. And if your holiday is important, then that's where you focus your attention. Um, If this is just an annoyance, as I said earlier, then you might let it go. But if you know that the storm is coming, prepare. And people's reactions, that's their responsibility. They're adults, they can have their own feelings. If you deliver your message with clarity, with empathy, with kindness, but with a firm boundary, however they respond is theirs, right? But I do think a lot of families then try to rescue people from their own feelings, which is another layer of what we call codependency or enmeshment. And that's deeply maladaptive. So no rescuing. No rescuing. Okay. You know, Fair if, enough. If that Incredibly person, helpful. Yeah. If that person has any chance to get well, they have to take stock of their life and they have to take responsibility for their life. So it's, you know, to have a, a frank conversation with someone, land your best material from the most sincerest place you can offer it. And then turn around and try to help people through their feelings with it just is, it just sort of takes all the steam out of it because it's really theirs to to sort. Could I just have you have some of these conversations for me? Oh my God. You know, (laughs) I've become, because of the work I do, all I do is have hard conversations with people professionally. And it really is remarkable when you set a boundary and you don't take responsibility for other people's reactions how much simpler life is. Wow. Well, that's incredibly helpful. And as I think about the holidays approaching, I mean, personally, I will tell you when we're entertaining, my family will all, they would all tell you my anxiousness heightens. 
I get a little shorter and sharper as the event gets closer. I'm fine once it starts, but getting there. So that's something I'm trying to work on techniques to take care of myself. Can I ask you a question? Sure, absolutely. Please do. What are you anxious about? You know, that's interesting. I don't want to disappoint anyone, right? I want to have the right food for the right people. I want it to be beautiful. I want the music to be delightful. I want to make that Norman Rockwell holiday picture. So overachiever? A little bit, but not, you are among the normative who want to make holidays special. I and do. memory-making events. I do. I, I think that's wonderful. At the end of the day, what people really take away isn't how, I mean, they'll mention how good the food was, how delightful mm-hmm. the music was, but what they really walk away is with a memory of a loving interaction among family. And what family events do is deepen the love and deepen the commitment people have to one another and that's not about the food and it's not about the music. <sighs> You're right. and, and we all love good food and good music. So, you know, let me ask you this. If sure. you're, if the turkey in the oven mm-hmm. didn't cook, you know, my grandmother did that one year. She completely forgot <laughs> to turn on the oven. <laughs> it happens. What do you think people would do? Well, I'm vegan, so they'd have to eat my food. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. So I actually fixed two meals. Okay. So- <laughs> The the severe underachiever that you are. You know what my point is, people are nimble. No, you're right. We would play another game. You would. Well, I thought the hamburgers, right? Right. Exactly. It would be fine. And you know what? That would be the story of how we all came together and we put out, you know, we went, gotten Chinese or chips and dip or whatever we did. And everybody would roll up their sleeves and have a ball trying to figure it out. You're absolutely right. Okay. You've given me permission to just let that go. I'm just going to have more fun. You can. You can. (laughs) So so what happens though, if you're an individual that, you know, in fact, your own behavior is the primary impetus to family strife during holiday gatherings. So let's say I'm the one that when I'm preparing dinner, maybe... There's more wine in me than there is in the food or. Right. Well, here's the conundrum about that question is usually the person that is off track is either unaware or doesn't care. Oh, oh, it's hard to believe someone wouldn't care. But, you know, when in my world of psychopathology and Mm -hmm. addiction and mental health, when people are really compromised in any one of those areas, they typically do not do a lot of self-introspection about what they need mm. to do to pull it together for the holidays. They they have usually become accustomed to letting other people worry about that and other people react to that. And for, if it's, again, everything's on a continuum. I deal with the, oh my God, are you kidding me cases. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> right. We're talking about, you know, kind of, if you do have a tendency to overserve yourself, Pull it together. Okay. And if you can't, then you need to look at it. If you are unable under the circumstances to modify your behavior so that you can have a harmonious interaction with other people, then you're in trouble. So this is when I, as a potential guest going to someone's home, Mm -hmm. could have that coffee one morning and say, we're really excited about coming to dinner. 
Right. However, I am concerned about the experiences we've had in the past. Right. And but be very specific because I think that when people are hearing constructive feedback, they are going to cherry pick what they want to hear. So we and can be you, right up front and say, I, I really don't want to put you to bed again at the end of the night. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. say this year, it's got mm-hmm. to be different. And okay. I love you. And I'm telling this, and this is not easy for me to say to you, but this has to stop. And what can I do to support you? That's, yeah. Okay. This is very helpful. So knowing that people can kind of go off the rails at any time, but Mm -hmm. even during the holidays, is it a a good time to get help? Because many people, if they want to help someone, they want to put it off till after the new year. And during the holidays, it's difficult, but everyone's there. What do you do? Do you put it off or do you address it? You're spot on. And I think what happens is people tend to want to put it off. Oh, well, we can't do this during Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year. So we'll wait till after the New Year. But what happens by the from the process of putting it off is typically something cataclysmic will happen and it has to be addressed at that time. So it's really understandable why families would want to wait. When somebody is really, really sick, and unhealthy and is kind of barreling towards the holiday. That's kind of a, an open season for people mm. with addiction issues and mental health issues. And they typically are either intervened on prior to Christmas mm-hmm. because the family said, we will not have another Christmas like this. No way, no how. And as hard as it is, we're going to intervene or we're going to sit down and have a family meeting and openly discuss it or something happens because they waited and they can no longer wait. And so typically after the first of the year is one of the busiest times for any crisis specialist. Oh my gosh. So how do you go about seeking help for a loved one or for yourself? What's, you mentioned intervening. Right. What does someone do? Well, that's a very broad term. And I think that the whole concept of intervention has been bastardized and watered down through the TV show, through um, all sorts of other notions of uh, what tough love is. None of those things are true. Interventions can take on many different forms. If you're overweight after the holiday, you intervene on yourself by going to the gym. Sure. So the word intervention is more about any kind of action or process that changes an outcome, right? So okay. having a conversation with somebody prior to an event is a form of intervention. Can you just Take me back to what your question is because I had a blonde moment. And no, that's fine. So, how does one go about seeking help for a loved one or themselves? Is it well, a phone call? Is it, it typically grouping is. your I, friends together? What I I well, don't know how to do this. The first thing to do is to ask somebody in the field okay. what you know they think, and that could be a local therapist, that could be a psychiatrist, it could be friends that have had problems. I think friends actually are probably more willing to share their experience and strength and hope and can tell you who they used, who they talked to, et cetera. But to have somebody like me, a clinical consultant that's independent is an excellent way to start. And you would start with a consultation, just telling me, I'll use myself as an example, just telling me the story. 
and giving me time to feed back to you what I think the different lanes are. And then is that, may- I'm just going to ask you, is that yeah. where you come off as a strategist for yes. crisis interventions? It's, yes, so the you- beginning of the strategy. Okay. And Great. a strategy doesn't necessarily have to be a crisis strategy. It can okay. be if somebody is moderately willing to engage with somebody like me to discuss really what their problems are and what they really feel they need help with, Sure, that's like uh, a blue sky proposition. That rarely happens. Oh, Usually the person that's really in trouble is doing everything that they can to survive and the disease is clearly in charge of them. So it starts with pushing the uh, snowball off the top of the hill. Once you start with an initial conversation, it's amazing how things pick up speed and the more information you get, the more your mind, uh, uh, your imagination comes in. And then when we start to bring in other people that are as concerned or have information pertaining to the individual or the situation. When you start to get people to talk in community with one another, there's a natural binding that occurs. And then there's something universally that happens. If you're on the right track, you will start to see things breaking your way, the group's way. If you're not on track, you will see any number of roadblocks appearing before you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the presence of mind to be present, and interpret what that all those things mean, you can really make a mess. So it's really it's it's a very tense time for a lot of people to discuss real, real, real problems. But it's also turning the page for the entire family system as they start to work together to solve a common problem, which could be saving somebody's life. Wow, that's pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe the holidays is the opportune time. And especially if you're having those difficult conversations prior to setting resolutions, whether they're for ourselves or to help other people set them, Mm -hmm. you know, looking forward to be healthier. May I add one more thing on top of that? Oh, sure. Absolutely. The internet is where most people get their information. And when you start to research treatment centers Mm -hmm. as a lay person, as somebody that is not in the field, has not been educated in all of that, it is a a massive open manhole for a lot of people. Oh, Because treatment centers always look good on paper. There's, I mean, their websites are designed to answer a lot of common questions, but what the real research is, who is running the organization? Who from the top down? What are their experiences? How long have they been in the business? How long have they been in these positions? Has the organization recently been bought or acquired into a conglomerate? All of these things make such a difference in terms of the kinds of care and the quality of care. Yeah, I wouldn't so even having, know what questions to ask. Right. And you know, there are a lot of sophisticated people out there that are going to answer every one of your questions with great assurance. And I do think having a consultant, if it is all feasible to do, is your insurance policy. And then, Mm. of course, you have to vet upside down in every which way who you're entrusting your entire family to. But the holidays are the beginning of a lot of people's new lives. Wow. Well, so how do we be more supportive of friends or family we know that are 
dealing with addictions or psychiatric disorders and they're owning it. They're trying to do the right things, but how do we as friends or family members help them? I think again, it's straight talk. It's, I see you struggling. It breaks my heart. I see that you've tried so many things and I see that that you have not met the right path. What can I do to help you? What can I really do to help you? Because I, I don't think standing by and watching you suffer anymore is the right thing to do. It doesn't feel good to me and it's not helping you. Can we rethink this together? Now, again, yeah. when you're talking to somebody that is in an emerging crisis situation or mm-hmm. they're they've picked up some steam in terms of how much they're drinking or using or acting out or being affected by severe depression or bipolar disorder, any of those things, they are not going to be, typically be very open to feedback. There's something about being trapped in that disease bubble where anybody that tries to help bounces off the exterior of the bubble. It's being entombed. And so that's sometimes why you need more people because one-on-one, typically nothing gets done. Two-on-one, typically nothing gets done. But when you start to rethink this from more a creative clinical point of view, you can really make an impact, a positive, powerful impact. And it is sitting down and telling people the truth is the fastest way to get people well. Well, that's very helpful. I really look forward to our holidays. Now I'm starting to think maybe they are a little more pleasant than I had anticipated. <laughs> so right, we don't have that many crises. Well, but- that's why you've got to assess it. And if you're going to poke the bear, make sure that you're committed to doing that. Because once you start, it's probably best not to stop. Okay, good enough. So do you have strategies that you personally incorporate into the holidays? Yes, I do what makes me happy. I like to visit with my kids. I like to be around my family. I love to be around my dogs. I love to watch all the movies I've been saving. Oh, yes, those holiday movies. (laughs) Under a big blanket with a hot cup of coffee. I think it's really, it's the simplest things. I don't try to make, my life is very... My professional life is very complex. I keep my personal life very simple. Well, and it sounds like you enjoy those personal moments and you are aware of them. I am. I am for sure. Well, Jane, I've learned so much from you today. Obviously not shying away from reaching out for that help or addressing one-on-one with someone particular issues. And you say being specific is the best. If we can identify specific incidents, that's helpful. Yes. Don't be vague. Be direct. Okay. And as far as insulating ourselves from some of the drama, taking that leap to address it before the event is a better way to either avoid it or take care of ourselves. Right. And and one last thing on that. Once you address somebody, it is, it's two things are going to happen. They're going to opt out or it though shot across the bow has they've heard it loud and clear. And if they act out, they can be addressed on the spot and asked to leave. You catch it before it escalates. 
Oh, and so you disinvite them, uninvite them, ex well, you escort can. them out. Yeah, you, you certainly can. You can say, look, this is what we were talking about. And I'm really worried that it's starting. So, wow. yeah, you know, and, and depending on the relationship, you can ask them to pull their proverbial stuff together or dismiss themselves or because this will not be tolerated. And there's going to be big feelings around it. But once you start, you will forever have put that line in the sand. Well, thank you. And Jane, you mentioned what you did over the holidays. And with you, I like sometimes taking that downtime, watching a movie, having some hot chocolate. I choose hot chocolate at night. Um, it is almond milk, by the way. Ooh. And <laughs> But can you share with us on a daily basis, how do you keep your well and wealthy? Well, I work hard and then I play golf every day. Every day? Every day. 18 holes or nine? 18 holes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I scoot out to the golf course. I let my mind air. I watch the birds fly. I see the deer. I really am able to focus on something that I truly love and that intrigues me. And then I come home. I have my wonderful dogs. And I play online backgammon and <laughs> get sucked into the news. It's simple. Sure. I try to keep it really simple. And uh, that's about it. That's great. That is great. Yeah. So do you still give lessons? I don't. <laughs> You'd give tips though. If we play together, you'll give me tips. I would I would help you if you were in a in a problem. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Just checking. So. <laughs> I will always help you, Barbara. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Well, we really appreciate you sharing your time and strategies with us. And I think we will all be looking forward to celebrating a more peaceful and pleasant holiday season with your informative suggestions and techniques. And I'm going to ask Eric to join us again, because we had um, that question right up front if he has any stress over the holidays. So Eric, do you have some questions for Jane? Or do you typically experience a smooth and drama less holiday season? Well, it's interesting, because I take from the very beginning of the conversation, Barbara, when you were speaking about what you deal with in the holidays and wanting it to be perfect, you want it to be right. And I love the answer to that because it is hard for us a lot of times to get in the moment, right? And enjoy the moment because we're trying to figure out and make sure everybody's having a good time. Everybody's getting the most out of the time we're together. And a lot of times we miss our own moments, right? And so I love that advice at front and the very end of it too. I'm not going to be shy if somebody's struggling and we've talked about it already and we set expectations. I have no problem escorting them to their Uber. <laughs> there you <laughs> right. go. That's right. That's They're outside. Right. They're well waiting. Well done. Yeah. Likely it won't happen again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, pack them in the back of the Uber and pat the car a couple go. times and they take off, right? That's it. <laughs> so I, I think that's a that, that's not a bad plan. So again, Jane, thank you so much oh, for all, you know, all the information today. Again, Jane, thank you so much for being here. We're going to put your contact information in the show notes so people can just click the link and reach you. I'm hoping that folks that listen to this and feel that tug on their heartstrings to say, you know what, I do have that one person I love dearly, but we need to get them under control or we need to help them through their crisis. Mm -hmm. I hope they reach out and they get some strategic advice. Barbara, thank you so much for facilitating this. I wouldn't be here without you. I mean, that would be no fun without you. So thank oh. you so much for bringing in amazing guests. And our last thank you, of course, is to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Keeping the Well and Wealthy with Barbara Archer. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. 
This way, when Barbara comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. And this is a great one for others to find and for you to share if you know somebody that may be struggling. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Hightower, happy happy holidays. holidays. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with Barbara Archer, sponsored by Hightower. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Wealth Advisors. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Wealth Advisors is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Some investment professionals may also be registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Hightower Wealth Advisors and Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions or results obtained from the use of this information. Hightower Wealth Advisors and Hightower Advisors LLC assume no liability for any action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced in the document. Such data and other information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. This material is not intended or written to provide and should not be relied upon or used as a substitute for tax or legal advice. Information contained herein does not consider an individual's or entity's specific circumstances or applicable governing law, which may vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction and be subject to change. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor for related questions.